You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, praise the Lord. We're together again, just praising the Lord. Amen. I'll say one thing for those lights. They're great confidence builders. Anyone who's frowning at me when I'm preaching, I can't see it. So I imagine that everyone is with me. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving, guys. We've got a lot to be thankful for, right? Amen. Well, I'm going to start with uh, Psalm 107, verses 1 to 9. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. He's a good, good God, good, good Father. Amen? Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We've been bought with a price. And the Bible says, those who have been redeemed, you should say so. You should say you're redeemed. Let everyone know that you belong to Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy... And gathered out of the lands from the east to the west, from the north to the south. And they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all their distresses. And that has been yours and my experience too, isn't it? When we cry out to him, he's there. To answer. And so the psalmist in verse 8 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful work to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would just bless your word to our hearts today. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord, help us to take in that which you would have us, in Jesus' name, amen. Seems that two men were walking through a field one day, and they spotted an enraged bull in the field, and he was coming towards them, full gallop. And so they were terrified, and one shouted to the other, say a prayer, John, say a prayer. And John said, I can't, I never prayed in my life. And he said, well, say something. And so John remembered when his father would, at the dinner table, would pray a prayer before they eat. And so he figured he'd give it a try. This is what he said. Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly grateful. <laughs> Today is Thanksgiving a special day to say thank you to God for all that he has given us, all that he has done, and all that he has promised to do. 
you know that his promises are just as good as the things that he has already done. He's never going to go back on a promise. He's never going to renege. What he says, he will do. Thankfulness is an important subject to all people and certainly to Christians. I want us to consider today some scriptural revelation concerning the what, the why, the when, and the where of thanksgiving. What is thanksgiving? Well, the psalmist in Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. What an awesome promise. True thankfulness is a heart-filled attitude towards God. It's gratitude to the giver, the provider of all that I have, all that I need, all I ever hope to have. He's the provider. Amen? He's the Jehovah Jireh, which means my provider. God will provide. It involves an offering of praise and thanksgiving to God. And that might seem a little strange to us sometimes, an offering of praise. Because usually we think of an offering as a sacrifice. But I believe that most of us here, it is a sacrifice to open up our mouths and to raise our hands and our eyes towards heaven and begin to praise and thank God for all that he has done. Our worship service is an awesome opportunity to do this kind of a thing. If we will do it, in, as, as Jesus said, worship him in spirit and in truth. When it's not just a ritual, but we're, what we're doing, what we're saying, the songs that we sing, when we raise our hands, when we lift our voice to him, it is from the heart. The songs that we're singing, it's, yes, Lord, that's the way I feel about this. This is the way that I feel about you. When I say I love you, Lord, and I lift my hands to praise you, it is really from my heart. Someone else may have wrote it many years ago, but still, it's real for me. It's true. I don't mean to knock denominational styles of worship, but I am saying that we in this church can go through the motions of worship in all of the things that we have done this morning. We can do it in spirit and in truth, or we can do it as a ritual. It's something that we do, and so we know when we're going, when, when to do it and when to stop and all of these things, and it really has no meaning. But I thank God for the many who, when you worship, you're worshiping from your heart, and that's what God intended. And it's no trouble to know when we're doing it out of ritual and when we're doing it from the heart. Because when we do it from the heart, the presence of the Lord is in the place. You can sense his power and his presence. 
Amen? As children, we were taught the principle of good manners. We were taught when to say thank you and please. Sometimes when we were little kids and we didn't say please, we, we were, you know, got off that one mind track that we were on until we realized that if I want that cookie or if I want that dish of ice cream or whatever, I've got to say please. And then if I don't say thank you, I might get it taken back from me again. Or how about I'm sorry? How many of us were forced to say I'm sorry to our brother or sister when we were growing up, but we weren't really sorry? We said sorry because we knew there was a consequence if we didn't. Well, God don't want us to be thankful in a way of, like, it's, well, it's good manners. It's a thing to do. Don't treat thanksgiving as good manners. Count your blessings. Remember the promises of God and the things that God has done and what he's going to do. And thank him for that. Amen? Amen. Relax, guys. I'm not going to be so long as you think I am this morning. <laughs> I knew that Mary was coming, and I gave her 15 minutes. And so that's 15 minutes off what I was going to say. What I would originally say, I guess I would say. Corporate worship is an awesome opportunity to express thankfulness. We gather in one place with one motive to worship and to praise his name. Together we express thankfulness in words of love and adoration to him. We sing songs of praise with feeling and thanksgiving in our hearts. We shout to the Lord with voice of triumph. And all of these things is really we're saying, thank you, Lord. I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you for what you've done in my life. And I thank you for what you're going to do. Some of you are praying some real large prayers. Some of you are believing for some things that no man can handle. No man can do it for you. But you're trusting God to come through. And he has come through in the past, and he's going to come through again. Don't buckle under the pressure. Because you've got a God who is bigger than all of your problems and all of your cares. In his presence, sickness is healed. Broken hearts are mended. Lives are changed. Financial miracles take place. So why is Thanksgiving so important? Thanksgiving is important because it recognizes our source. God is our source. Thankful acknowledges that God will Give us all of the blessings that he has promised. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from him. 
He don't give junk. He don't give leftovers. He don't give secondhand stuff. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. We acknowledge and appreciate his person, his grace, his blessing, his sovereign work in our lives. He is a sovereign God. And sometimes we may get things all messed up in our theology. But regardless of what the word says and regardless of how you and I interpret it, he is a sovereign God. He has the last word. And we need to submit to that sovereignty with all of our heart and thank him that he is a sovereign God. We are thankful because it honors God. He is the very source and means of our lives. Acts chapter 17, 28, they said, For in him we live and move and have our being. Everything about me is because I have a God who is sovereign in my life. And he's directing my life. And he's got a plan and a purpose for me. that was in his heart and in his mind before I was conceived in my mother's womb, and the same goes for you. And the more we endeavor to follow in his plan and his footsteps, the more we will prosper and increase in what God has intended for us. The Bible says that his blessings makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. That's what I contend for every day of my life. I don't take anything for granted. Just because I'm feeling healthy and strong and full of energy this morning doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to be for the next 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know that. But I know that God's got a plan and I'm not going out until he's finished with me. True thankfulness recognizes our total dependence upon God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 to 15, 13 to 15, says, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. I am so thankful for the word of God. I am so thankful that we can quote that word when we're in prayer. When the enemy is coming in like a flood, there is a scripture that will drive him back every time. Amen. 
God will lay it upon your heart. If you get into that word, you don't have to memorize it. Just have it in your heart. And when the time comes when you need to use that word against the devil like a sword, it will go through him. Amen. We have the word that is spoken, the word that is written, and we can speak that word in power and in victory. We are thankful because it is commanded in Scripture. The Psalms are filled with the call to give thanks. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And then Paul seconds the motion in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so my third point is the when and the where. I put the two of them together, shorten up a bit there, okay? The when and the where. It is good to practice to give thanks Every time we pray, include thanksgiving. Usually what Effie and I do when we're praying together, the first thing we do, we thank him. And we've got a big list of things that we thank him. It's, like a, it's almost like a ritual, really, but we, it is it's from our heart. We're thankful for our marriage. We're thankful for our health. We're thankful that we're walking in divine health. Amen. We thank him for our children. We thank, you. we thank him for our grandchildren. We thank him for the privilege of being able to minister to you in Cole Community Church. Oh, praise the Lord. There's so many things to thank him for. You can just rejoice in thanking the Lord. And, and, and so, first Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 says, We always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know something? We can't name all of you by name in, when we pray. But we pray for you, generally, Cold Lake Community Church. And when we have a, a request, when we know that you're going through something in your life, some of you, we prayed for you this morning. Amen? Because we know when you're going through something, you need some extra prayer. And so we just... We just add our prayers with other people that are praying for you because we believe in prayer. And we thank God for the answer. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12, 2 says, Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. The book of Acts gives us a guideline of when and where to pray. The Bible tells us that they prayed in the temple during the hour of prayer. Certain times, the church calls people to pray. Happens that Wednesday, Wednesday evening is a, is a time of prayer for us in Cole Lake Community Church. And so every time we can make it, we will be here to pray along with the saints. Amen? So they prayed, they prayed in the temple. They prayed in their homes. They prayed in jails, they prayed in open fields, they prayed on the beaches, they prayed aboard ships in the midst of great storms, and when they prayed, they gave thanksgiving to God. 
in Acts chapter 27 is a perfect example of a time when they were in great difficulty and they prayed. In Acts 27, verses 21 to 26 and 34 to 35, it goes like this. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness was, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. And then Paul encouraged them in verse 34 and 35, Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your head will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God, before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it, and then everyone else was encouraged and began to eat also. It's an awesome story. But then Paul, under house arrest, he finally makes it to Rome because God said, you're going to be going to Rome. Take courage, Paul. You're not going to die. You're going to Rome. Under house arrest in Rome, uh, he continued to spread the gospel in his letters to the churches, proclaiming an attitude of thanksgiving. Many of the epistles, some of the first things he would say is, is, is something about thanksgiving. Paul could have complained about his situation. He could have complained about the way things were going. He could have reasoned that God wasn't treating him fair. But he stood in faith and he encouraged the believers to be thankful. You got to remember, this is coming from a man who is under house arrest. Really, certain death is, is going to be his. He don't know what day. But as long as he's got life and as long as he is able to send those letters out, he sent them out. We know them today as the epistle. He stood in faith and encouraged believers. Romans 1.8. He says, let me say first that I thank my God. There it is. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. The thing that Paul wanted most was to know that somebody else was coming to know Jesus Christ as their savior. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 41, he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort 
which we ourselves are comforted by God. You see, your dark night of the soul can be used to bring somebody else into the light of his saving grace. Your dark night of the soul can be used to help someone who is struggling and and really buckling under the load, to encourage them and uplift them, to have faith in God and to believe God, to fulfill his mighty promises in your life. There is a hurting person who needs to know that Jesus cares and you may be just the one to show that to them. You can share how you face sickness, how you face financial decline, the loss of a loved one through death or separation or divorce. And you know what that person is going through. You understand the pain. You understand the hopelessness, the anxiety, the loneliness that they are experiencing. But you have found hope in God. God saw you through it. He brought you through. You thought thought that it would be always darkness in your life from now on. You couldn't believe that one day the sun would shine again in your life. But you have found Jesus to be all sufficient for the situation that you was in. And now that you have been set free, now that you have been delivered, now that you have sunlight in your soul again, you can give that poor person that is going through a difficult time, you can give them hope in Jesus Christ. You can encourage them. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I want you to know that there is a peace that can really flood your soul When everything is falling down all around you, you don't know how you're going to get through this, but I want you to know that if you will take it to the Lord, he will give you a peace that you will feel that is just not right. It just doesn't seem right to be feeling so good on the inside when my world is falling apart. But that's the way God is. That's the way he is. That's the way he answers prayer. He will give you strength in the midst of the trial. He will help you. He will see you through it. He didn't say he would keep you from going through the flood or the fire, but he said, I'll be with you. I'll walk through you in the flood. I'll walk through you in the, with you in the fire. But I want you to know that you'll come through on the other side, just like the, like the, the three Hebrew children came through. The Bible says there wasn't even a smell of smoke on their clothing because they believe God. Amen. You can share how God lifted you out of the depths of despair. You can give others hope in God because of what he has done in your life. And that's real thanksgiving. When you respond in that kind of a way to one who is down, 
because God helped you. You're so thankful that you want to help somebody else. You want to show them what God can do in their life. So you can do this as often as the opportunity arises. You can give others hope in God because of what he has done in your life. You can do this wherever the opportunity presents itself. At home, in the car, KFC, (laughs) or Tim's. Amen? So in conclusion, I would like, I should always have an attitude of gratitude. A businessman and a client were having lunch at a restaurant. The businessman bowed his head to pray over his meal. And the client asked, do you have a headache? The man said, no, I don't. The client asked again, well, is there something wrong with your food? And he said, uh, no, I, I simply, I'm simply thanking God, as I always do before I eat. And the man said, oh, you're one of those, are you? And the client continued, well, you know, I want you to know that I never, ever give thanks. I earn my money by the sweat of my brow. I don't have to give thanks to anyone when I eat. I just dig in and start eating. And the businessman replied, yes, I know. I have a little dog at home, and he does the same thing. (laughs) I feel that 1 Thessalonians 5.18 would be an appropriate scripture to end this message with today. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What have you got to be thankful for today? Are you expressing thanksgiving to God today? When you sit around the table with your family and friends today, don't forget to give thanks. Amen? Praise the Lord. God has been so good to us here at Coley Community Church. We're seeing some great things happening. I believe there's greater things about to happen. And we need to be thankful. One of the ways we thank him is in prayer. Just communicating with God. I often tell people when, when, I'm, when I'm counseling with them, Or we say, we don't counsel, we say ministering. When we're ministering to people. When you're talking to one another, that's conversation. When we're having conversation with God, that's praying. And so you just express your heart to him. There's nothing wrong with just jumping aboard your car, turning the key, and As you're driving out the driveway, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you that I've got a job. That goes a long way in God's heart. He wants you to be thankful. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. 
It's a good day to come before him and say, Lord, I thank you that you've waited this long for me. You've given me this opportunity to once more to be in a church where I can say, Lord, I need you. There's a lot of people that from time to time they express that they are dedicating their life to Jesus Christ. Some people come forward and we pray with them. Others we try to contact them. Some we do and some we can't. But if you, as Mark said this morning, if you are committing your life to Jesus Christ, then we have an excellent opportunity for you to start off in a, in a, in a home group Bible study with Leo and Annette Groton. And we'll get you on the right track and start you off right in serving God. Take advantage of that. There's a sign-up sheet out on the table out there. You can put your name on there. And they will contact you. And I believe we've got their, their phone number and that out there now as well. But you need to grow in Christ. Just saying a simple sinner's prayer here this morning and doing nothing else about it is not the way to go. When you have a little baby... You feed them. Amen? Amen? And so you need food. And your spiritual food, as well as coming to the church and, and, and fellowshipping with people, attending the programs and all of that, all these things help you to grow. But you need to be grounded in the Word of God. You need to know what you believe, why you believe it. We're not about playing games here. I just want you to know as well. We're not talking about being a member of the church. Being a member of the church won't get you into heaven. That alone won't get you into heaven. That's just a sign that you're going to be committed to help out with the work. But you must be born again. That's not... That's not just church doctrine. Jesus said that. You must be born again. No other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you have a need in your life today, if you want to be born again, you come. If you want to know Jesus as your Savior, come. If you want healing for your body, come. If you have a financial need, come. My pockets are empty. But Jesus owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The gold and the silver is his. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. If you have need, come. We'll pray. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. 
Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.